is an emergency broadcast of the Morning Cardigan Show, presented by The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a bonus pod, a solo broadcast, all bun sans cardigan. Uh, I got so many takes in my system, and it upset me so much that we weren't able to release a normal uh, podcast this week, uh, or one that was on time. That I just was like, I got to jump on here. I got to do something. I got to pump out 15, 20 minutes. I saw James out here going the full 40. He's going like a full, like regular duration podcast all on his own. Uh, was out of his mind. Loved it, James. You did amazing. I saw how many people were supportive of it too. Super appreciative uh, of that from all of you. Uh, next week and, and moving forward, everything will be totally fine. It was just a really uh, stupid set of circumstances. Um Although it was definitely funny when, like, I was awake at a very reasonable 7.30 in the morning. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, give me, you know, 15 minutes to wake up and let's knock this out. And he's asleep. And I was like, I was like, I get it. Like, you know, he had a super long weekend. He's on a plane all night. I was like, I'm not mad. I was like, he'll just be up in, like, two hours or whatever. Like, whatever. And then by, like, 4 o'clock, he's like, bro, I just woke up. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> So uh, that and, and just a few other things uh, kind of got in the way. Um, so I'm going to save some stuff for, for 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 next week's pod, Tuesday's podcast, like all the trade stuff. Uh, these reports coming out um, from The Athletic about, ooh, the Pistons. There was this Killian Hayes Bogdanovich deal uh, with Dallas. We're going to we're going to wait for that one to develop a little bit more. We want James to be here. Uh, to, to peel that one back even you know not even just letting it develop maybe by then a trade will have happened who knows you know what I mean so uh, right now I really just want to get into uh, the takes that I had for the first two summer league uh, games that we got to watch and I guess even now that I'm recording this we've we've had three uh, with the Toronto game uh, having been played um, can probably start with the thing that like hey man let's let's do some summer league overreactions let's go crazy let's go like wild homer right now are we all feeling like wow we nailed that pick like wow we really did that holy smokes like every game it's just gotten better and better and better and even in that first game it's like you know if you weren't a huge fan of it it's like well the immediate you know argument from people was like yeah i mean to be fair half the team was acting like asar wasn't even on the court it felt like you know but every time he was getting involved he was always making the right play um, you know, even while I'm watching this game, I'm, I'm writing a bunch of notes down in my phone. And, and one of them, uh, I guess, you know, hey, since this is a bonus pod, I guess I can do some inside baseball. You know, peel back the curtain, do some BNC behind the scenes. BNC, BTS, you know what I mean? Uh, a segment idea that the, the wheels didn't quite get off the ground. Uh, we didn't leave the runway. We had to uh, circle back and deboard the plane. Uh, was I saying something or just high? And one of the takes that I wrote down that I actually want to visit right now is the segment idea. I just didn't really think it had any juice. But the one take that I want to revisit is Asar Thompson will have at least four triple doubles his rookie season. Because if there's anything that these first three games have taught us, it's like, oh, he's going to be able to like, you know, I don't want to say like stuff the stat sheet, but in every single category, it's like, yeah, any given night I could see him having three blocks. I could see him having four steals. You know what I mean? I could see him having uh, 11 assists. I could see him having 12 rebounds. Like, all of them. Like, there's a real chance that 
you know, all it takes is the 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 right lineup, right? Is for for Monty to figure out the right combination with the right group of guys out there. Um, you know, what I really like about Asar is that it's like, yeah, everything is just possession by possession. You know what I mean? It's like opportunity by opportunity. And it, hey, speaking of that, you know, you look at the Houston game, um, and for a game that you know otherwise kind of got out of hand and ended up not being that fun, the Pistons are down twenty six points. You know, at the end of that fourth quarter they go on a 13-0 run and they said it on the broadcast it's like the pistons aren't playing against the scoreboard right now uh you know it, it was opportunity by opportunity it's possession by possession even if it's super cliche it's like that was actual you know team basketball um again even if that's like you know just what you're supposed to say about a team it's like no but that that's actually what it was um and and that, so that was super encouraging to see and you know in the midst of all that uh i, I actually planned on starting with jalen duran uh, in like the normal show that we were supposed to uh, do this week, um, and then after Asar's game against Toronto, just had to had to start with him. But 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 Jalen Duran is like you know if we want to talk about Asar as like the mm, did we uh, did we nail the pick? Then like Jalen Duran has to somewhere be in your mind as like the wait a minute is there a chance that he's like the second best player on the team this year? Like I think my favorite thing to watch was you know a year ago we come into summer league and it was one of the first possessions i might have been his first touch of the summer league last year when he's 18 years old and he takes like a 10 foot like turnaround falling away from the basket and it rimmed out but i remember being like i think i texted james and was like what like he does that like he can do that and james was like yeah i guess and then you know they they ask him about it throughout the season or at some point whenever it was and jalen Dern is like yeah he's like just got to diversify my bag you know if i want to survive as a five in the modern nba it's like yeah it makes sense and then like two weeks ago these are reports that come out and it's like jalen duran taking threes well what's what jalen duran's like yeah he's like just gotta diver- diversify my bag if i want to make it as a five in the modern nba it's like okay and then he opens the summer league and he lets it fly from the corner, and he, hey, it spent a lot of time on the rim. It was up there for a while, but it went in. You know what I mean? It went down. And my brain, like, I stood up. I was like, what? And then you fast forward to, I think it was the end of the Houston game. I think the, you know, the 13-0 run, I think, may have been over at this point. But the Pistons are still kind of in it. And Jalen Duran just, like, takes the ball at the top of the key, throws together, like, six or seven dribbles in like in like four seconds and just bop spots up nothing but net i was i jumped off the, i was like what the hell what jalen Duran does this i like i don't you know it, summer league is like a damned if you do damned if you don't thing it, you know with a lot of us with me because it's like if a guy that you like is bad you're just like well it's summer league you know whatever like oh you want me to get all worked up over like a over like exhibition games like man I, i'm not that bothered by it or it's like, you know, if your favorite player does really well, it's like, oh my gosh, is this a breakout year? Is this the year that it happens? And in Jalen Duran's case, it's like, it's the latter, but it's also, you know, the the old saying of like, yeah, that's, you know, he's, he's playing how you would want a second year player to be in the summer league. Like it, Jabari Smith is a great example of that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he looks insane. Like he looked unstoppable for two games, three games. Um but like that's what you'd hope. You know what I mean? And it's it's great that he's out there playing those games. I think it's awesome. I think we all just kind of collectively agree um that yeah, it's awesome, dude. Like get your reps in. Um I think a lot of people would 
maybe say the same thing about <laughs> about James Wiseman. I did have a, a friend of mine who's a Bulls fan. He texted me and he was like, why is James Wiseman there? And I was like, well, you know, I was like, he's still pretty raw. And he was like, isn't this like year four? I was like, he's in the 2020 draft. And he just like hadn't watched Wiseman play in a while, I guess. And then he sees him play like three possessions. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, all right. <laughs> like, okay. And I don't know. It's weird. The experience is really, really weird. Because like, I know I like it in my heart. I know I do. And like, I know that I see the vision. But it's one of those things where it's like he's so he's like actually quick twitch. He's like actually fast, but he's so out of control and so unbalanced. But he also has pretty soft touch. And it's like, I don't know. I just those like when he does those little spins in the post and then he has this really soft land, but it's just a little bit too much off it on it. And it just goes back iron and bounces out. Like I've just seen that a hundred times. You know what I mean? Where he just he he. I can't say he gets an entry pass because, like, you know, who really, you know, are we th- are we still throwing entry passes? I don't know. He gets it on a low block. He does a little spin, and then he back irons a lay-in. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but we'll see. I mean, hey, uh, maybe we'll jump into this on the next pod. But these, you know, rumors, hey, is it going to be Bogdanovich? Whoa, wait. Is it going to be Wiseman or Bagley? Oh, someone else is going to go. At this point, I, we're all pretty convinced, like, it is going to be somebody. You know, but the the concern that I see a ton recently is like, okay, even if you're trading one of those guys, right? If you're trading Bagley or uh, Wiseman for the sake of alleviating the logjam, well, you're not going to trade for another big in return because then you're just going to recongest the logjam. Well, you're not going to trade for a guard because like you already have too many guards. Well, I guess you could go for like a a wing, I, I guess, but like, you know, and then it's the question of like, oh, so having too many players, too many good players. Wow. What a problem that has become for the Pistons in recent years. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's like the Tim Hardaway thing. I guess, you know, one little, one little thing I'll say about that. It's like, but Tim Hardaway can't play the four. And like, if we really need Bogdanovich to play the four, like he can, you know what I mean? And then, so I guess I am thinking of this in real time. If James was here, I know this is exactly what he would say. He would say, well, that is an indictment on how they feel about Isaiah Livers. And he would say, if they're trading for a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., who's playing like that 2-3, not the 3-4, what does that tell you about how Troy Weaver and company feels about Isaiah Livers? Hmm. Interesting. Dot connecting in real time. New segment idea. Wow. We have cracked the case. Isaiah Livers, well, I, I can't I can't I can't say anything yet. The trade hasn't it hasn't happened yet. But, you know, speaking of guys that uh you know Troy loves and we know it, another thing I want to say about Asar is I was watching the um uh the Under the Hood series that the Pistons put out, which by the way, shout out to uh, what what team with the videography team, videography team for the Pistons. Man, whoever does that the the under the hood series, it's like the, the the inside the den adjacent, you know, what the Lions do the behind the scenes stuff. But for the Pistons, it's an awesome, awesome series. They do such a good job, and they have for like, I think they've been doing it for Troy's tenure. Like that's basically when they started. Um, so like you know a couple years, it's it's great. But you know some of the BTS they were showing with like how Troy acts around Asar, 
you know, not to be the body language police or anything. It was just, it's just very like, I don't know. It's cute. I'm watching this guy smiling at a SAR. He's just, he's just enamored. He's just infatuated. He's like, I can't believe I have this basketball player on my team. He's like, I can't believe that this guy, like, wow, I can't believe it. And, you know, it's always interesting when you listen to Troy say something pre-draft and he'll say something very explicit, like, you know, when we're looking at guys that we want to draft, it's like, who would be the best piston? And it's like, you know, that's the one thing, man, that, that, that you say about Troy is every time the day after the draft and they have this inductory press conference, no matter who the guy has been on that podium, your ultimate takeaway is just like, damn, this guy's awesome. Like, this is an awesome dude, you know? And, like, the context behind all of it, you know, has maybe just been more favorable to the players, um, which I I would also argue is, like, a you know, that's a credit to, to an organization that, like, well I, well, I don't know. Like, what does that say? Because maybe the point here is just, like, it's nice to be rooting for a team that, if nothing else, you know, the better part of the last four years, every draft pick they've made, a majority of the fan base has been like, yeah, like, okay, cool. Like, there's been no riots. There's no couches that have burned. You know, they're not showing up at the PPC with, like, pitchforks. Like, most, like, like the Ivy pick was maybe, the I don't know, the Cade pick was pretty much just, like, that's who we're drafting. Um, you know, there were pockets of people, whatever. But the Ivy pick, I feel like, was just a sort of, that was just a home run. Um, the Asar one is maybe the one that was the, sort of the most contentious. People might do revisionist history and say it was Halliburton. It was not. It was not. Uh, the Sasser pick, I feel like, was just either, oh, nice, or like, oh, who is that? And then they look him up, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And what's the experience with that been so far? not bad like you know even if he's missing a bunch of shots it's like yeah but he creates a lot of space that step back covers a lot of ground you know what i mean so that's nice to have um is he just gonna be like a? I don't know is there some sort of a saban lee comp in there somewhere i don't know just in the sense that like like is there a world where like you know okay we're going into year four for all intents and purposes as of this recording killian hayes is on the detroit pistons and is a member of the of the organization is on the roster is there a world where like in year four not only does having bonnie williams help him figure it out right and stay with me or stay with me because this is the last year that we have to do it probably right but also is there room for a Marcus Sasser, Killian Hayes backcourt. You know what I mean? Where you have this pass first guard comboed with this scoring first guard. And these two guys who are both, I mean, seems like Marcus Sasser might be pretty decent on the defensive end. So I don't know. Am I saying something or am I just talking? You know what I mean? And that's what we've been talking about in recent weeks is like, you know, I think that, you know, the, the aforementioned Sasser, Killian backcourt, I think is probably pretty low in the food chain right now in terms of things that Monty Williams is like really itching to try out. Uh, maybe that'll be fun in like preseason game number three, you know, just throw them out there just because get like really weird. What about like, let's just, yeah, let's just throw some stuff around. I like this, Nick. What if you do Killian at the one... Joe Harris at the two. L oh, wait. Live at the three. <laughs> Stew at the four. Hold on. I'm cooking. Hold on. And then 
I was going to say Wiseman at the five, but I don't know if I like that yet because I still just don't know. I still just don't know how I feel. Like I said, man, I, I know I know I'm supposed to like the experience. And every time I watch him play, I'm like, it's really easy to see it. And it's really easy to, you know, when he because when he when it works, you know, we say with Hamadou, you know, oh, man, when it works, it works. But like, man, with Wiseman, I, I believe it. And the force on some of those dunks, it's like, yeah, yes, yes. It's like it's a testosterone-raising, chest-pounding, you know, leaping off of the couch. Has James Wiseman figured it out? Is this going to be the team that makes James Wiseman figure it out? Sometimes it feels like maybe. And I think we've felt that with Bagley, too. And I guess another note that I have on the whole trade speculation as it pertains to Bagley is like, what does that get you if you're Detroit, Bagley getting traded for a second time and going to a third team? Because, like, okay, the first trade got you, what, like, Trey Lyles. And then, like, okay, if you're Sacramento, that got you Trey Lyles. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, he played some pretty valuable minutes for the Kings, like, for sure. Fans, like, got, like, really on board with the Trey Lyles train. For those of you who aren't tapped in with the with what's going on with the Kings, that was uh, that was a real thing. They couldn't get enough of Trey Lyles, um, which I guess to be fair, I I kind of got there too. I was like, wait a minute, is he kind of is he kind of fun? Is he kind of awesome? Because he was the one I think when he originally came in, there was the quotes from him in the past where he was like, yeah, Detroit sucks, and people were like, boo, Trey Lyles, boo. Um, but then everyone was like, oh, you're actually okay, all right, not too bad. But you know what I mean? Just to go back to the Bagley thing, like, so does that get you Tim Hardaway Jr. and a first-round pick? Like, does it really? It's like, well, yeah, if it's attached to, like, a Bogdanovich. Like, oh, maybe. Like, maybe. Oh, if we have to throw in Killian? I don't know. Like, does that is that chip more useful elsewhere? I know there's, like, weird protection stuff with that Mavericks pick where, like, they can't actually protect it a ton because of compensation that they owe other teams in the future. Um, but if you're looking to cash in that, you know, Bogdanovich and stuff being Bagley or Killian, I guess, it's like, is Tim Hardaway Jr. in a, in a first? Like, and I, I guess I maybe I don't, is the pick for next year? If it is, really? Because what's the early word on that? Like, are we sure? I don't know. Maybe it's like, in a, it, what's the best case scenario? You are decent enough to land in like the end of the lottery so that you have a chance to get Bronny James. And then like maybe LeBron will, will show up. Is that the, it, I mean, is that the best case scenario? I don't know. Maybe. And it's like, well, Hey, if you have actually, whoa, wait a second. If you have, Ooh, wait a second. Uh, maximum brain power unlocked. I'm using 100% of my brain right now. I think this is smart. And I think Dallas is who you make this deal with. Because if you can get a lightly protected to unprotected first round pick for next year, especially if it's a team like Dallas, who for all intents and purposes, we're expecting to make the playoffs, then you'll have, you know, with a Detroit team that's probably not going to be very good. Right, they're going to be around like the bottom of the league, but not the worst team in the league. They're going to be marginally better. I think we're all hoping for thirty wins. That'd be great, but you're still not making the playoffs. 
You're not even making the play-in. Then you have those two firsts. You're at the front end and the back end. You got it all covered, right? And this is if we're going with the how do we land LeBron James theory, which I guess is what this has turned into unintentionally. And like, oh, do I mean this? Oh, let's play a, a, a quick round before we end the bonus pod of do I mean this or am I going to take it back as soon as I hear it out loud? If you knew for a fact, if the if LeBron next year tells like Rich Ball or Maverick Carter to put out the stealth word that confirmed whoever drafts Bronny, when my contract is up, I will sign there. If that's like in stone, right? Do you still care like... I, I just don't know if I would be willing to – you know what? And I'm, I'm going to finish the take, but as I'm saying it, I just want to get this out there for posterity. I don't think I believe this. Because, like, if we're going to be dealing with, what, like a 40-year-old LeBron, do I want a year or two of Le GM, you know, gutting my shit that I, that I spent all these years building up? You know what I mean? And, yeah, you can go with, like – well, young cores are made to be broken up. It's like, yeah, but like, not like this. Like, I honestly, if this was 10 years ago, I would have loved to have been like the team that the big superstar went to. And then we did the whole super team thing where we just flip our roster every six months. But for a, for a franchise that has already committed so heavily to this traditional uh, rebuild or restoring it would feel so annoying to just do the old thing and to do the thing that like teams don't do anymore or the teams that try, it doesn't work. <laughs> Phoenix, cough, cough. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, maybe I kind of talked myself into being like, I, I think I kind of got myself there being like, I kind of get what I'm saying, but I think ultimately if, if I had a button in front of me and I could push it and LeBron was on my team, even if he's 40 years old, it's like, you know, He's probably still going to be scoring 20 a game, you know. Do I want to spend another 5-10 minutes speculating what that fit would would look like? Running hammer plays with like Cade and Stu and LeBron. Man, uh ladies and gentlemen, uh bonus podcast solo uh broadcast of the Bunny Cardigan show presented by The Athletic. We will be back regularly scheduled programming next week. Uh, sorry for the, for the weird, uh, for the weirdness this week with the pod, but I hope, uh, I hope we made up for it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple podcasts, you can rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe. If you're feeling generous, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one.